Hey everyone, it's Evelyn, your host of Now I Get It, today's entertainment business news in five minutes or less. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the turmoil Netflix is currently going through this week, but why I ultimately think Netflix will be just fine. By the end of this episode, you'll also be able to say, now I get it. Real quick, though, update on Elon. Of course, we had to after his deal went through on Twitter on Monday. No major update. All's well on the Western front, as they say. Do people say that anymore? Anyway, but I just really was dying to share this delightful tweet with you all um, that Elon tweeted this week. The nice thing is that Twitter owner Elon Musk is the same witty, sarcastic guy as pre-Twitter owner Elon Musk. So this week, people have been photoshopping fake tweets from Elon. Photoshopping fake tweets is like a thing on Twitter, if you don't know. And someone photoshopped Elon saying, next, I'm going to buy McDonald's and fix all of their ice cream machines. That was the fake tweet. The real Elon replied back to that tweet and said, listen, I can't do miracles, okay? And I just, I'm cracking up just even telling this story back to you. If you've been following internet culture at all this year, you'll know that McDonald's McFlurry machines have been infamous in disarray and broken across the country. It's been covered by NPR, Food and Wine Magazine, even tech websites like Wired. Uh, in fact, the ice cream machine makers that staff these McFlurry machines sued McDonald's for $900 million last month in March, accusing McDonald's for telling all the franchise owners to take out the part of the machine that specifically collects data on the ice cream machine itself and the performance, which would have let the owners know when the machine needed repairs. It's a whole thing. I recommend you look it up. It's a pop culture moment, believe me, but it just cracks me up at how cheeky Elon Musk is and kind of how lighthearted he is. And like I said, it's all about the principle of like him purchasing Twitter. Anyway, back to the Netflix effect. After Netflix's stock dropped two-thirds in value when they announced that they lost 200,000 subscribers, that was last week's podcast episode, The whole industry felt the effect. Disney stock was down 6% that day. Amazon's Prime Video was down 3%. HBO, which is HBO Max Discovery, was down 5%. And NBC, which is Peacock Streaming, was down 1%. Yesterday on Thursday, Netflix let go 10 of their editorial division that worked on Todo, a fan site that lived under their marketing department. A employee said, when you're flying high for so long as an industry leader, of course it hurts to be taken down a peg. My take, I think Netflix is going to be just fine. I don't think it's going to be the disruptor that it used to be in 2013 when it broke onto the scene with House of Cards. The field is now crowded and everyone is copying them. And now Netflix is competing against (laughs) these monsters, these Frankensteins they created. However, when you look at the whole field, I believe Netflix still has the strongest competitive advantage in this fight. And what I think Wall Street doesn't remember is that Netflix's competitive advantage is their talent, like the people they hire. They've been poaching up all the best talent in Hollywood to come work them up for the last few years, both in front of and behind the camera and in their corporate offices. Funnily enough, I'm currently reading Reed Hastings' book, No Rules Rules, where he talks about Netflix's corporate philosophy and how they retain employees. Yes, Netflix has great perks, unlimited vacation days, yada, yada, but they also have some of the highest salaries in the entertainment industry, and his book explains why. 
One of my favorite stories in his book is about how during the early days of Netflix, there were four algorithm engineers in all of Silicon Valley who understood how to build a recommendation algorithm when nobody else did. And Netflix employed two out of those four engineers. At the same time, Netflix was seeing employees leave for higher salaries elsewhere, even though said employee genuinely loved Netflix and wanted to stay. But how do you turn down someone who lures you with doubling your salary? Well, Netflix realized they never wanted to be in a position where they lost an employee to salary, which is something so preventable to a company. And especially for roles that were so rare and valuable, such as those algorithm engineers. So that's when Reed Hastings decided that he wanted Netflix to always strive to pay top of market, which is how they have managed to attract some of the most capable and creative people in entertainment. Take it from me, as someone who works in the entertainment industry, everyone I've met from Netflix throughout all the different departments they've worked in have been extremely impressive and the utmost professional. It is their competitive advantage. Any CEO leadership book will say it's all about human capital. And because of this, I believe Netflix will bounce back. They have the creative relationships in Hollywood. They have the brains to steer the corporate ship. And all they need to do, like I said in my last podcast episode, is just be a little bit smarter with their money. They can't be spending like it's their first year out of college and just got that first bonus and hitting the mall and greenlighting every TV show and movie they see. They really do have to be more thoughtful about the projects they greenlight. No more ultimatum, please, for the love of God. Since it's Friday, I wanted to show what I've been watching and why I will be binging. This week, season three of Barry on HBO premiered. I freaking love that show. Noho Hank, the Chechen mafia, is one of my favorite characters. He's so funny. Other than that, I'm kind of caught up on all my shows. FX shows like Atlanta and Better Things, Top Chef on Bravo, Kardashians on Hulu, the usual suspects. I've been watching them all. The final episode of Pachinko on Apple TV Plus drops this weekend. Uh, I finally caught up to Pachinko. It's very good, but also very, very heavy. It's your textbook drama. I thought it was extremely creative and impressive how the creators of the show wove in Korean, Japanese, and American culture all at the same time. I think if I do have the time, I'm going to start Disney Plus's new Marvel show, Moon Knight, with Oscar Isaac. I have a friend over at Disney, and he absolutely loves it, so I'm pretty intrigued. That's it for today's episode, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.